everyone from all of us at Saskatoon Open Doors Society. Welcome to our Cultural Bridging podcast series, Culture Clinic, with Cultural Bridging hosts Michael Afemfia and Anita Oulu. Today, Michael and I have with us a newcomer from Burundi, Africa. On his way to being a Canadian, Hamisi will tell us some of his stories about the importance of food culture and belonging in Canada. Michael, I often think of childhood memories where food created a sense of belonging. My mum settled in Canada in 1964 from the metropolis of London, England, onto a farm. The first week, my dad unexpectedly brought home a 50-pound bag of flour and, much to my mum's surprise, said, Here you go. Learn how to make bread. My mum was most taken aback. In London, the culture was that everybody goes and buys fresh bread from the local bakers. But determined, my mum took up the challenge and opened her newly bought purity cookbook to learn how to do it. Most farm women made everything from scratch in those days. My mum had to adapt. But once she mastered the art of bread making, I recall with great fondness how we waited for around the oven for the golden gift to appear. We'd break open the hot bread and spread butter, and sometimes honey, across her creation, always burning our tongues, mind you. Living in complete isolation in minus 40 degree weather, our tiny kitchen has memories etched in my mind of about a place and a sense of security and contentment, a cultural moment that remains with one for a lifetime. And what about you, Michael? Certainly you've got fond memories of food in your culture. Sadly, I haven't learned to cook, but I've promised myself to learn. Whenever I think about food and cooking, Anita, I remember my mother's large pots. See, growing up in Nigeria, I remember our house was home to not just my siblings and I, but it was home to my cousins, uncles, and aunties. Cooking was an event, and when my mother was done cooking, serving the food and getting everyone to eat felt like dining in a hotel. Mm -hmm. because of the many mouths my parents fed. Food brought us together. It was a way of saying to anyone visiting or living with us at the time that you are welcome here. Oh, Michael, that's a fascinating story. I can imagine your mom's big pots. Oh, huge pots. Even now as an adult, whenever I visit my sisters, the first thing they do is go to the kitchen to make food, banga soup and stash, pounded yam and a goosey soup, or even Nigerian jollof rice. And I dare not say I'm not hungry, because the thing is that you don't have to be hungry to be invited to the table. You only have to show up at their door, and with a delicious meal, they want you to know that you are home, you are loved, and you are welcome. Oh, Michael, I'll have to come to Nigeria to have that lunch and dinner with your parents and your family. You're welcome anytime. Thanks. So today we host a newcomer from Burundi who's happy to talk about his food experiences. Can you introduce yourself, please? Yes. Hello, Anita. Hello, Michael. My name is Hamisi Rajabu. Uh, I have been in Canada, especially in Saskatoon, now for two years and six months. Nice to meet you, Hamisi. Nice to meet you, Hamisi. Nice to meet you. Yeah, so Anita and I are wondering what stories you might have to tell about the place of food in Burundian culture. Anita tells me you're a great cook, by the way. Oh, I can't call myself a chef, but I'm trying. 
My story is not, it's like uh, similar to yours, Michael, because our house were uh, like a large family. Uh, when my mommy was not uh, cooking by, him, by herself, uh, she was had by sisters and aunties. It was uh, it's like each and every day was like a party for us. Example for lunchtime, it's not only us sitting on the table. There were a lot of group of adult, kid, parent. It was like that, yeah. Yeah, I I learned how to cook. First of all, I was watching my mom. And the second, when in teenager, we were working at my uncle's restaurant. From there, I try and know how to cook. So we were like supervisor there. Each and every end of the month, we were paying the salary to the workers. And the next day, we wake up, they were drunk. <laughs> <laughs> They were drunk, and then as we we have to cook and prepare everything for the client or the customer. So from there, I started and learned how to cook. Now I can I can say that I can try to cook very well. So do you have any special secrets when you cook? Is there like a special recipe um, you inherited from your mom or your grandmother or something? From my mom, yeah. She she was a good cook. The the food which you call pilau, pilau it's rice and meat mixing together and a lot of spices. I can try that one. I can try. And before I was having a problem of putting a lot of salt or maybe a lot of cooking oil, but now I know how to manage. And you can eat from me a good pilau. <laughs> yeah, wonderful. Yeah. Would that be anything like jollof rice? I think it's uh, different of the names, but almost basically the same, the same yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There are a lot of type of rice, so yeah, the jasmine rice, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. that smells yeah, wonderful. Yeah, smells very good, and yeah. plus spices, it's really good. So, can you find all those spices and all those flavors and things here in Canada? Oh, of course, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Few of them you can get them in superstores and in, uh, Indians shop. Yeah, there are a lot. So you've been able to create the same tastes, but what about the experiences? Tell us a bit more about what food means for a sense of belonging here in Saskatoon. It's a little bit different because uh, back home, it's like gathering. It's more than even 20 or 30 percent, but here we can't get that chance. <laughs> we can't yeah. fit them in the house. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. yeah. That is a little bit kind of different, but yeah. You can tell because there are diversity of race and people and yeah, so on, so. So yeah. do you find chapatis here? Can you find all of that? Tell us yeah, a bit yeah, about yeah. going around I Saskatoon looking for chapati. In, uh, yeah, yeah, in Indian uh, shop, but also I can make chapati for me from, from scratch, oh. yeah. But it's only I don't have enough time to do that, so that's why I'm going quickly and get them from the store. Okay. So as a newcomer myself... I miss a lot of things about home, about Nigeria. Um, I'm just wondering, for you, I'm sure you miss a lot of things about Burundi, right? Among the things you miss, where do you rate food? Like, um, do you miss Do you miss not being able to eat? What Some you... kind of food? Yes. Yeah, of course, there are a lot. There are, for example, there are Burundian food, which called ndete. Ndete, it's a mix of beans and corn. Yeah, and I miss them a lot. And there is kind of cassava. Cassava here you can get, but I don't have time to make that. 
we call it in tewe. Since we boil it and we put it in the water for three or four days and it's like decomposed and it's kind of really good taste. <laughs> so, yeah. so, but it's really important food, right? Is it to give you a sense of belonging? Yeah, like how do you feel when you're belonging, like the food, like getting together with others? Tell us a bit about going yeah, yeah, yeah. to dinner. Yeah, for example, if uh, uh, there are some group of companies are inviting me to share, gathering together to get food it's reminding me home, yeah. So, yeah, so it's a I cure for homesickness. Food is a kind of cure kind for homesickness. Kind of, yeah, because, because yeah. There is, okay, we can get, for example, uh, the, the flower of fufu here, cassava flower, but it's not the same, um, it's, not, it's, not, it's not like expired or it's not having mm. uh, Fresh. Because, yeah, it's not fresh, yeah. So mm. even when you are cooking, you are not going to get the same taste. I guess my, my last question for you, Anita may have some other questions, would be traditionally or culturally, some of us from African societies or communities are kind of used to the women doing the cooking yeah. and managing the kitchen. Yeah. And coming, and here, it, yeah. Yeah, coming to Canada, it's a different story. I go to superstore <laughs> and I see men, you know, rushing yeah, for pepper and, and stuff. And like groceries. Yeah. Groceries, exactly. Yeah. Like, we wouldn't do that back. A lot of us no, wouldn't do no, that no, back home no. in our country. I, I, so. I, I, I say that I, I got that experience because I was uh, uh, running a, a restaurant from my uncle that way. But especially men are not doing this in Africa. Yeah, that is uh, special for for ladies and yeah. mamas. Yeah. How hard yeah. is it for men? Do you think is it is it for men immigrant newcomer men to cope with this new culture of having to be just as equally involved in running the kitchen as the yeah, wife? It, it's a big challenge, but uh, you have to because you know you have to adapt to this uh, new kind system of life. So it's really really simple when you want to do that because, for example, myself. I, uh, I was cooking back home, so it's not that big issue, but... So there's, there's still hope for Michael, because he's going <laughs> to learn how to cook. Maybe you can teach him to cook. Uh, we'll uh, get the two uh, of you in the kitchen, you, you know. and I'll watch and see what happens. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, I can. Uh, but, you know, for my brother, will, uh, for Michael, will be really very hard, because his wife here and the family saw, and then, you know, uh, African lady... They used to take the same culture and... Uh, so so he'll get thrown out of the kitchen. But, yeah, yeah. Yes. But, 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 but maybe if he, if Mike wants to help uh, his wife, yeah, he can do some little bits things for her. Side, yeah. Cut the carrots. Well, I have a story. I have a story to share. You know, like the other day, yeah. um, I had to boil potato. Um, so I put it on the, uh, on the stove, the fire. Yeah, yeah. And I went to do something else. And, the boy, and then the next thing I heard this. And then I went them of uh, African men because yeah, it, it, it's like they forgot. Yeah, like, like, when watch, I went to the kitchen, yeah. the pot was black. black. <laughs> you see, yeah, yeah. But just imagine our mother and uh, uh, our sisters and auntie, they can do a lot of stuff in the same time. Yeah, sure. Cooking, doing this. Yeah, you see? Yeah. yeah, but as we don't have that experience, unless if you are a cooker or a chef, yeah, so that is your, your, your job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, excellent. What fantastic stories from both of you really enriched our program today. Hamisi, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you very much. 
everyone, thanks for joining us today. Next time on Culture Clinic, we'll explore another fascinating topic with stories from another guest. Michael and I welcome your feedback and suggestions. Please write us at culturalbridging at sods.sk.ca. We appreciate you, our dear listeners. Until next time, remember to keep safe, keep distance, and keep alive. The same to you. Yeah, thank you very much. I really enjoy this conversation. Thank Thanks, you. Amazing. You're welcome.